Amen? Amen. What's it going to look like? We're going to come together. We're going to sing. We're going to invite you up here to yield and open yourself up to the Holy Spirit. That's all it's going to be. It's not going to be me getting in your face saying, say, I love Jesus three times real fast. I'm not going to try to coerce you to do anything or get anything out of you. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. Amen. Amen? That's what it's going to be. What's it going to look like? It's going to look a lot like song service. It's going to look a lot like this look today. Song service, prayer time. It's the best part of our church is singing and praying, right? No, you weren't supposed to amen that. You're supposed to say, no, no, no. The best part is the word. No, I'm just so that's this Friday night. Um, uh, also, South Park's graduation is next Sunday, if, you're, if you want to come and be part of that. Um, let me look at my, make sure I got all of my. Um, May the 30th in church, we're going to have a uh, special speaker. I don't know if you know, many of you know who um, Jonathan Garlock II is. He's going to be with us in service. And any of you who have gone to youth camp, who've heard him speak, I mean, I guarantee you if you ask um, most of the youth in our church who maybe the biggest influence was on their life growing up, a lot of them would say Jonathan Garlock II. He's going to be with us um, mon- um, Monday. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Sunday, May 30th. Um, so you don't want to miss that. It's going to be a great service that you want to be a part of. Um, is that all the announcements? It seems like I'm missing something. Youth group, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And then also youth camp is coming up. And let me give you the dates for those in case you want to put that on your calendar. Um, Youth camp is June, um, ages 12 to 13, ages 20. Somebody else want to come read this? I, I can't read. Youth camp, ages 12 to 13, is June 21st through the 25th. Ages 14 through 18 is June 27th through July 2nd. If you would be interested in going to that, get with Bo or Walker or myself. We'd be happy to point you in the right direction. Okay. That is all the announcements. Happy Mother's Day. Um, I got this little joke um, about how the different translations might handle the word, the different Bible translations might handle the word mom. So... You can look at the screen. The Message Bible, you might say, Mama, I'm hungry. The Amplified Bible would be, Mummy, I am hungry, and then parentheses, famished or starving. The NIV would be, Mother, I am hungry. And the King James Version would be, Henceforth, let it be known unto thee, birth giver, that my belly consists of emptiness. (laughs) So, happy birth giver day. Amen. I thought that was funny. I've been sitting on that for months. <laughs> Saw that a long time ago. Snapped a picture of it. So I just couldn't wait to deliver it. All right. God is good. Amen. Amen. I love the way the service has gone so far because everything kind of just lines up with, with the message. Um, we cel- we're we're going to celebrate moms today. Um, but the message isn't just for moms. It's for it's for everyone, but there is an emphasis on moms slash uh, women um, because we, we, Jesse said it this morning, we all came to this earth one way through a mother, right? And we wouldn't be here without our moms. 
And so we celebrate them today. I'm thankful that my mom's with me today. I celebrate uh, my mother and what she meant to me. Celebrate all of the moms here today. Um, We pray blessings over you. Amen. And we celebrate women today, not just mothers. You're valuable. You're irreplaceable. Uh, we just, I just read to you in, from, from uh, Paul's letter to Timothy that where Paul first saw Timothy's faith, he saw it before Timothy was ever born in grandma. And then he saw it in mama. And then he saw it in Timothy. So moms, you have an impact. Grandmas, you have an impact. And this isn't just for moms, it's for all of us. We all make an impact and an impression in this world. We all will influence people, whether for the good or for the bad. When, when, some, when, when your friends or when people you work with, when they hear your name, what do they think of? That's how you've influenced them. That's the impression that you've made upon them. So I want us to think about that this morning a little bit, how we influence people, how, what impression we leave on people. But I just want the moms to know that, that you matter, that what you're called to is not perfection. Mom, you're not called to perfection. And I think moms beat themselves up sometimes, and I think sometimes preachers on Mother's Day beat moms up by painting this picture of the Proverbs 31 woman who does all these incredible things. We don't ever hear about her imperfections. <laughs> but moms, you're not expected to be perfect. We don't expect that out of you. <clears throat> Sometimes we, we make mistakes as followers of Christ, right? Sometimes we make mistakes. We get up, dust ourselves off, and keep walking. Own those mistakes and move on. I'm, I'm thinking about myself as a father. You know, I've made lots of mistakes. Try not to make excuses for those mistakes. Dust myself off and move on. Apologize to my children. I've had to do that before, too. I don't know why I'm turning this into me. It's supposed to be about moms. All right, back to the script, Bradley. I want, to look at, uh, I want to look at the scripture today. I want to look at a mom. And the first time we see this mom in the Gospel of Luke is when the angel Gabriel appears to her. When we, when we see this mom. I'm going to, I, want, I want to read to you a little bit about Mary today. I want to talk to you a little bit about Mary. And the angel comes and he says, Blessed are you among women. Now, I know that a lot of us in Protestant denominations, we get a little bit nervous when people start talking about Mary and about how Mary's blessed among women. Well, no need to get nervous today. But I think sometimes we marginalize Mary and act like she wasn't really that important. She was just a vessel that God was using. She was blessed and highly favored among all women. And then she, when she gives her song, she says, from this day forward, I will be called blessed of all the women of the earth. Mary found favor with with God, and Mary was blessed among all women. And after the greeting, he gives Mary a promise. Uh, You can read this in Luke, uh, the first chapter. And he tells her everything that Christ is going to do, that he will rule the kingdom his father David, of his kingdom there'll be no end, and, and all these great things. And aren't you glad that Mary didn't have social media or Facebook? You know, she'd have been taking pictures of that baby bump, saying, here's my little Jay, he's going to be king of kings, lord of lords. That's what Gabriel said anyway. 
I don't know why I threw that in, but <laughs> but Mary was was someone that was very humble, and and Mary carried God to full term. And I don't think we always think about that. I know I've preached about that before, but it always fascinates me that Mary carried God to full term. Lots of times we get a little tired when we carry God for a week or two or a month or two. It might get hard. We might start showing stretch marks and we might, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, God. This is too hard. I'm going back to the old way. Going back to the way things were before you appeared to me. But Mary carried God to full term. Everything that that meant. It meant giving birth in a barn or a stable because there was no room at the inn. The patience that Mary showed is the patience that sometimes we have to have with God. When we're walking through hard times, God, why is this going this way? Why aren't things turning out? Uh, kind of like what Pastor Walker was talking about. When, when life hits us, the love of God is still there for us. But sometimes we have to endure things. We have to have the patience of Mary. And I'm saying all that, I, I really want to get to Mary's song, and that's what we're going to get to. And I'm going to try to hurry because it's already 1123. But if we can show the patience that Mary showed, God just might be birthed in us. So I'm going to ask this question. Do you think that Mary influenced Jesus? Or was Jesus just Jesus and that's just how it was going to be? It's, I know it's kind of a theological question. It might make your mind work a little bit. I'm sorry to ask you to think. But do you think that Mary influenced Jesus? I mean, if it wasn't important for, for, if it wasn't important who raised Jesus, then it, why did God pick the one who was the most highly favored among women? If it was not important who raised him and how he was raised, then he could have just came through a, a portal like the Terminator. <laughs> Sorry, some of you, some of you get my. References in Terminators from 1984, though, so we're going back a few years. But I believe it was important who raised the Son of God. I believe it. I believe it was important that Joseph was the way he was. Do you know what the, the Scripture says about Joseph? When he found out Mary was pregnant, he sought to put her away privately because he was a good man. It was important who, the house that Jesus grew up in. A lot of you are looking shocked. The Bible spends a lot of time talking about the house Jesus grew up in, the people that Jesus grew up in, the things that they said and how the angel appeared to them and talked to them. He could have just been born to anyone, but he was born to Mary and Joseph. When he skinned his knee, he ran to her. In the Godhead, in the triune Godhead right now, there is a, a person who knows what it's like to be comforted by a mother. That's astonishing to me. That in the triune Godhead, Christ carried his flesh into, into back up into the, his glory, right? When he appeared to the disciples, he said, do ghosts have flesh and bones? His glorified body is still flesh and bones. And in the Godhead is somebody who remembers the comfort of a mother. Moms, I believe, are some of the best that humanity has to offer. 
And in the in representing in the Godhead is someone who remembers what that's like to be comforted by a mother. All right, let's get to Mary's song. I'm gonna try to I'm trying to go quickly, but Mary's song, Luke, the first chapter. This is the longest um, expression from a woman in all of the New Testament. And before I read it, let me just tell you that the Magnificat, as it is called, has been banned in Argentina, Guatemala, and India from being read in public places. Why is that? Well, let's read it and find out. Luke 1, my soul glorifies the Lord. This is Mary speaking. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Why would that be banned in those countries? Why do you think? Here's why. It's because he has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. People in power don't like when we talk like this. Powers and principalities don't like when we talk like this. And the governments fear insurrections. They fear that the poor and the weak will rise up. And at first when I read that, I thought, that can't be true. And I searched it out, but... In, in liturgy and in public places in those countries, you cannot read the Song of Mary. It's viewed as dangerous by people in power. This, this song is not something that comes from a meek, mild, timid girl. I know the picture we have painted of Mary, and I've been guilty of it myself, of talking about this weak, timid girl who just was like, oh, anything, you, whatever, whatever, Lord. And I believe there was part of her that was like that, that was willing, of course. But when you read this, this sounds more like Princess Leia or, uh, or Ray talking to Kylo Ren. Or, you know, like the, 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 the rich will be brought low. The weak will be lifted high. This, this doesn't sound like a tiny, timid, little scared girl. This sounds like a powerful woman who knows who she is in God. And that's my word to you ladies in here this morning. Know who you are in God. You have a voice in God. God has a call for you. God has a plan for you. Your voice is important. Your voice means something. God has a plan for you. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German pastor slash theologian who was killed by the Nazis, said of Mary's song, it's, possibly the most passionate, the wildest, and the most revolutionary hymn ever sung. And 
And the way that we have the song of Mary like this tells me that it was, that it was recorded somewhere. It was and not recorded like a recording studio, but it was because, because if you read Luke and, and Luke says, you know what? I set out to find the truth, Theophilus. I did some research. I did some digging. I set out to find out from the beginning exactly how things went. And I believe that this wasn't just a song that Mary sang one time, but maybe it was a song that she sang to her kids. Maybe it was a song that they heard. I know in my family, we have the weirdest lullaby song you have ever heard. Tadu Wadu, Tadu Wadu Wadu. Sounds like a Pentecostal getting the Holy Spirit. Tadu Wadu. I don't know what it is, but there's something magical about that song. <laughs> when you start rocking one of your babies, try that. Tadu Wadu. I don't know what it is, and it's, it's been passed down. I don't know where it originated, where it started, but, but, <laughs> but families have songs, have lullabies that they sing. And I believe that Mary, this was not the only time Mary sang this song. I believe that James and Jude heard this from their mother. I believe that his, the sisters of Christ heard this from their mother. And yes, I believe that Jesus himself heard this song from his mother. I believe that Mary's songs and songs like it made it to the ears of James and Jude and the sisters and to Jesus. And then if you read in Luke the sixth chapter where Jesus stands up and says, blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. We see in Jesus, we see echoes of the song of Mary. And if you read the book of James, James 2, 5 through 9, listen, my dear brothers, James was also the son of Mary. James, listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him who you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, your sin you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. What, why am I reading you all this and telling you all this? Because I want you to understand, moms, ladies, what you have to say matters. What you have to say matters. James, Jude, Jesus, Echo. Again, don't mishear me. Jesus was divine. He was all God. But they echo their mother. They echo their mother. Moms, you have a place. And maybe you speak and it feels like it's going in one ear and coming out the other. Speak anyway. Maybe you pray and you feel like it's not going above the ceiling. Pray anyway. 
Maybe you give counsel and it feels like it's being disregarded or mocked or laughed at. Give the counsel anyway. Your voice is vital. It's needed. It's essential. And we honor you this morning. We honor you. Your songs and your prayers and your conversations and your questions will shape us for years to come. Amen. And not just moms. All of us. But I'm speaking specifically to the moms today. I I like how Jesse put it. Keep praying. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. So it's already 1134. I'm going to ask all the moms to stand.